Are you ready, Cynthia? I was born ready, money. Let's go. Sweet. Please keep that. <laughs> Welcome to the Game Theory and Money Podcast. Wild card week. We are officially in the postseason. If you are just checking in because you don't like to pay attention to your team too close during the regular season, it freaks you out. You can't handle the stress, and you've just checked in for the postseason. Well, lucky you, Cynthia here runs 10,000 simulations of every single game to give you an educated opinion of how everything should play out and who will advance, what teams will advance to the divisional round. Now, normally, Cynthia, I would say we don't like to start with grab ass and we get to something important. However, there's there's only four games. So only I feel four. like there's really no grab ass to be had and we can just jump right in, right? We can point out that uh, week 17, you went 12 and four straight up. You went 12-4 and four against the number. But, again, your confidence picks. <laughs> Not so confident. Um, you know what we did for the year? Pick. Bill told me my year straight up is 167, 87, and 2. So that's like 65%. So we're in good shape. Against the number? That's that's regular. I don't okay. know what the against the number is off the top of my head. It's it's higher than that. Just over 50. Just over 50. Just kidding. It's not. I had to ask Bill. He's sitting right Just here. Just over 50. That's yeah. all right. Over 50 works. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I like that. that we're, we're good with the 65. We'll take that. it. Yeah. All right, so here's the way it's going to work. We will uh, get things situated for each you of these You don't want a quick pick then. Cause I don't think you so, one. just because we're already there, fine. right? I mean, okay, it's the postseason. Yeah, we don't need a quick pick. Right? You know what yeah. your quick pick is? Freeland favorites. These are the, uh, the favorites. You like them. The, uh, the folks like them. The consensus likes them. And they say the Ravens are going to beat the Chargers by two and a half. Gosh, we just come right out of the gate being mean to you, huh? I just figure, right, it's the – I think people are ready. Like, it's business time, right? It's tournament time. This, Unlike the Karate Kid where this <laughs> – this for real? This no tournament? Karate Kid 2? This is tournament. And people, but the tournament's like for real. You know what I mean? I'm like the next Karate Kid, so we're fine. Ooh, good pull. <laughs> good stinking pull. Okay. Freeland's favorites is what this is here. Uh, the Ravens by two and a half. Total 41 and a half. Very low. Oh. Uh, these two teams, when they first met, it was below 41 and a half. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it was just 32. <laughs> so uh, what do we have? I have the Ravens winning in 57.8% of the simulations. The score that's most likely, 24-21, which is more than two and a half, but that only happens in 50.7% of the sims. So okay. that's also over 41.5, but that only happens in 54.6. That only happens in 50. This is pretty tight. Yep. I mean, normally when we see confident you know, conclusions from your model. It's north of 70, right. maybe north you know, of like 67, 68 is, is where I typically see the ones where you're like, hey, I feel really good about this. This is pretty low. Right. Yeah. Like if you look to see the con my confidence picks and the anything that was over 60% for the season is like a very, it's a very nice number. I'll get those. I'll make Bill get the number for us in a second. But anything under 60% is, is not as, it's not as certain, obviously. So this is, this is a much closer game. Look, you nailed it last week with the interior of the O-line for the Chargers has been a problem. And obviously last time when you go back, it wasn't that long ago, Rivers was pressured on 43% of his dropbacks. So that's a big problem. Now, I will say in this one, you get healthy Melvin Gordon, you get Austin Eckler, presumably healthy, and presumably healthy Keenan Allen. You probably know more than me how healthy they look or how healthy they are, but yeah, getting Eckler's those three 100%. pieces are back. Um, Melvin's not, I don't think. He says he is, but I think that's what you have to say going into a playoff game, right? But uh, Eckler <laughs> right. is 100%. That was a stinger. It was concussion protocol. Right, he exactly. said that was more precautionary than anything. And just watching him against Denver, he looked great. He looked like the old Austin Eckler patient to the hole. Uh, and once he exploded around that corner, I don't know how many people were watching the Charger-Denver game. It had no bearing on the postseason. But uh, 
he showed that explosion, turned the corner and was gone for 41 yards. And I think having that, especially when you look at the success rate of the Chargers when they deployed both of them at the same time, that's how you negate that pressure up the middle. And you get the, the Ravens to have to be a half-step slow because you've got Phillip who can dump it off over those rush ends to Gordon or Eckler and get them in one-on-one situations. So, you know, you just pointed out that those two are healthy. That's a big, big Huge advantage going into this one that, that wasn't there on Saturday. The only problem is, and the real reason, like part of the reason the Ravens win, obviously, look, you have to get Phillip Rivers going to give to give anything for the Chargers offense to work. But if you go on kind of what happens – when, when you look at the Chargers defense, they play dime a really high percentage, something like 60%, which is kind of an advantage for Lamar Jackson in his running situation because he gets a few extra yards, or yards and he has the option to either throw the ball or keep it, right? So that that kind of thing is kind of the advantage that gives them the opportunity to control the pace of the game and rely on their defense to really just that, to keep it at least close, if not sneak ahead of the Chargers. Yeah, they. I mean, it was an interesting game, right? Because the the Chargers were terrible. I mean, it was their worst game. It's also like really unlucky stuff that happened too, right? Bad penalties. Um, but I mean, they were dominated. They their offense yeah. was completely dominated by that defense, and yet they had the ball with a first and ten at the Baltimore thirty nine with three minutes left, a two minute warning on all three timeouts, and on the first play from scrimmage, they got Melvin Gordon rushing left edge for eight yards and a pretty ticky-tack holding call that then put them into a first and 20, and you can't go first and 20 against that Ravens defense, and that's when it fell apart, right? So what I'm getting at is that defense, they solved the riddle. I mean, they Lamar Jackson only rushed for 39 yards, that's and right. one of those was an 18-yard run. So think about take that, and then and I know this this is because I'm the voice of the Chargers. This is going to sound like I'm making excuses, but I'm just saying if you take that game as a total, right? You've got Lamar, who only rushed for 39. Mm-hmm. You've got a rushing total that outside of Gus Edwards' first carry from scrimmage after Phillip Rivers threw an interception on the first play and the whole team was shell-shocked and they were like, holy crap, really? <laughs> Gus Edwards rushes for 43 yards. If you take that one run out, just that one Gus Edwards run out, they rush for 3.6 yards per carry. So the defense, they were fine. Like, they were good. The problem was that the offense could do nothing. Mm-hmm. So... The big question for me is, do they have a solution for those guards, for Schofield and Feeney? And are they going to be able to slow down those stunts? And is Pouncey going to be able to give help where he needs to? Are they going to make adjustments on the picks and the stunts and the delayed blitzes that the Ravens run? Because if they don't, they're not going to win that game. But if they do have a fix there, I believe this defense certainly proved that they know how to contain that Baltimore offense, especially when they made their adjustments going in the second half. They got three and outs when they needed them to get that ball back to to their offense to try to win that game with three minutes left. So I wrote an article for NFL.com about like one strength and one area of concern for each of the playoff teams. And you, you can go read it if you want to have time. Um, and I was actually not surprised, but it was pretty cool to learn that the net influence of the sum of all of the wide receivers for the Chargers, so Keenan Allen plus Tyrell Williams plus Mike Williams altogether, their wide receiver production, so earning first downs and changing the space of the defense so that the run game can be successful, their net production was the highest in the NFL. I, I I mean I was just I was a little I yeah. wouldn't I, I wasn't I think it's because, totally you know, shocked but you know I was I was a little I thought that I was think pretty it's because cool. they have everything right you have Tyrell who can take the top off a of defense mm-hmm. you have Keenan who's probably the best not he is the best route runner in the league and then you have Mike he's Williams. also good at, he's also really strong in contested balls well that's and you know what the other thing too about Keenan is that that nobody talks about because really nobody does it anymore 
um, is he's the best blocking wide receiver yes. in the league. He mm-hmm. thrives in run blocking. It's like his favorite thing to do. So <laughs> against a team like the Ravens, who's the best tackling team in the league, when you have a wide receiver that's willing to sacrifice like that and is out there laying blocks on second, because they're secondary, can straight tackle. I mean, Jefferson and Weddle are great. And if Absolutely. you can get Keenan on one of those guys, because he's 6'3", 215 pounds, that gives you an advantage. But, I mean, look, it's going to really have to break right for, for the Chargers to get out with a win. But at the same time, I think their defense has showed if you guys can just be average, you know, if the, if the offense can just be average, we feel like we got this thing kind of sorted out. Now, the one hiccup, just quickly, and I know I'm talking a lot. But no, you're good. This is the game you know the most about. This is, yeah, you're getting, just, I've, no I've one's already, getting I've better. Kind of There's no better analysis here. So the one thing that I'll tell you is the, the, the one issue that they have to solve is they have Hayes Pollard playing the the middle linebacker position. So not only are they down their number one middle linebacker Denzel Perriman, but they are down their they're down their number two middle linebacker now with Tavis Brown going out, and they've got a guy who was unemployed until week seven, who was manning a position that's asked to spy Lamar Jackson. The, so pro- the problem is, is that's that's an issue. So even with Lamar Jackson having his lowest rushing output in terms of efficiency, this the fact that they like they stayed committed to it, they kept using it, and they gave him options to run or pass. So sometimes like straight averages aren't the best way to look at it, right? Like you have to look at the opportunity it created like holistically. So even if it even though he hadn't had the best they, they didn't abandon the run. Obviously the run is the way that they're most successful. But it's it's again like how can you make them really one-dimensional can they make can you know can the chargers make lamar jackson's running and and passing and even if it's not great rushing average force him to pass make it more one-dimensional so he's forced to not even you know what i mean like it is a low it was his lowest output right it's i think you know i think the way the way the chargers win this game is they have to buck a trend that unfortunately has dogged them all season they have to start fast you, you've got to right. you have got to force the Ravens to get away from what they're comfortable doing, and that's like think about this: the, the Chargers, the, the, the Ravens had a drive. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. There were no, there, I think there was, I don't think there were any penalties. They had an eleven play, five minute drive that went thirty one yards. That's crazy. Right, eleven plays, <laughs> five minutes, thirty one. That's like first and ten, second and eight, third and four. And you get five yards, right. and then you go two yards, then you go three yards, then you go six. I mean, that's what that is, and that's the one thing, and that's why people don't run this offense because when you run that many plays to go that small of a distance, you invite opportunity for negative plays, for penalties, for turnovers, especially when you're running mesh and bone turnovers on those options. So if you can get out to a 10-point lead, let's say, in the first half, and you force them to get out of if that any comfort team, zone. If any team can yeah. do that, right? That's, so that's the key to beating the key. them is a jump, to jump out to an early lead, surprise their defense, score some points, because their defense gets better as they can adjust to you. So right. that that's not going to – They can really lean on a team. Right. Their defense really so. <laughs> Something behind me, there's color bars because we're waiting to like figure out. You just startled uh, me with the color bars. Freaked you out, huh? <laughs> I was like, what is that? See, I'm yeah. old enough to remember waking up too early for Saturday morning cartoons and just staring at the color bars <laughs> until all of a sudden the Star Spangled Banner came on with a flag waving. And then I got my what Saturday a way to morning wake cartoons. Up. What I know. a way to wake I mean, up. That's, I've always been an early riser. But um, it's that's all fantastic. Anyway, for our older listeners, the old man here, hearkening back to uh, some nostalgia. Love it. No, you don't. I do, actually. Eagles at Bears. At Bears. I have Bears the... by five and a half. Uh-huh. 
You have what? I have Bears winning in 60.1% of the simulations. And the score I get, Bears 27, Eagles 21. So that's more than five and a half. It is also more than the key point total of 41. In fact, it is over... Yeah? I was about to say share why. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people me. are taking the Eagles. <laughs> I think a lot of people are, are taking the Eagles in this one. Um, <laughs> I was not shushing you. <laughs> I thought you were. Anyways. I have the hiccups, and I was trying to mask my hiccuping by going shit. And I was about to so say you share, like, and I had a hiccup. So. You have to like swallow and plug your ears at the same time. That's That'll fix it. Or I just have to have some color bars appear and scare the hell out of me, and then they'll be on, right? <laughs> um, look, the difference is when you map out both of these teams, and yeah, we've seen – Look, there's magic with Foles, absolutely. But their secondary is still a problem. I know we keep saying it and they keep winning games, but when you look to see how like this, these two things stack up against each other, both defensive fronts are excellent. And really, the, the what we see in Trubisky do with short passes, he's, a, he's completed 83% of 10 or fewer air yard passes over the past five games, or actually for the whole season, rather. So look for Tariq Cohen to be kind of the antidote to the Fletcher Cox, to the pressure that's coming up from a lot of different directions, because the Eagles' secondary gives up the highest completion percentage in their losses, like 76%. I mean, crazy like that. So you can still target this depleted secondary. There's a lot of similarities in terms of, look, we have Nagy, we have uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson they, they're yeah. Andy Reid people. They're very familiar with each other. You know, it's it's going to be, it's not going to be a situation where, like, they're so surprised that Foles is suddenly good. In fact, when you look back over the season, the Eagles were in 12 seven point or fewer games and they went six and six in them so what this really tells me is that complementary football is really a must for them and what Foles did by completing just a few more passes and being just a little bit more accurate and in, in spreading the ball around of that offense that's kind of the tipping point because it's not like they were really getting blown out yes they got blown out by the Saints but they weren't really getting blown out by these other teams so really it, it's going to be this matter of this chess match of like the total defense and the Bears defense has had the most turnovers or takeaways rather in the NFL and Foles has given up an interception as each of his three starts. So they just don't match up well from a standpoint of like they're just a little bit better. The Bears defense is just a little bit better than what what the the Eagles have been able to do. To, to I guess, be. Yeah, I can't I'll, speak. I'll, I'll, B-D-D-D. No, I, I know what you mean. I, my, here's my thing. You know, I, I know he's had those inter- an interception at least in each game, right? But but the Bears will make you pay was, for it. They will, but he was also exceptional in those two yeah, games absolutely. against no, Washington. I'm taking nothing away Houston. from him. Taking nothing so away from him. So even though he had the pick, he did but, have four touchdowns against the Texans. He did have, I think he completed, what, 25 straight passes. Yeah. Um, so, But, like, good luck doing was, that against the Bears, right? So that, I guess that's that's where that, that's what I'm getting to, right? So now I, I think I need to reconcile – if I want to, if I have to put my name on who's going to win this game, do I believe in Mitch Trubisky? Even though the Eagles' secondary is depleted, do I believe that Mitch Trubisky can win a playoff game based on Wait what I've seen this year? You need year? to say, do I believe in the that Bears Matt Nagy? Do you think that Matt Nagy can scheme just a little bit more and rely on that defense? Right. Well, if, I think he's. If the, think if the Eagles blow up that defense for some reason, then what you? But but that's what Nagy. The, he hasn't deep pass. He hasn't asked to deep pass. That's on, what I mean. Right on first and second down, he throws fifty percent of the time. He passes fifty percent of the time. So what they're really taking advantage of is the fact that look, like on first down, I can disguise a pass as a run. I can disguise a run as a pass. I can do all these sort of tricks to keep shorter gains and keep that going. That's why. That's to me why you know. Look then. 
Trubisky gets dinged for being a first-read quarterback. So if it's not his first read, he's not accurate with, with passes. And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know what his first read is supposed to be. But I do know that they don't set him up. They don't ask him to do very complicated offenses. They don't ask him to do very complicated passing schemes. But And, and that's kind of good because the Eagles against the pass have been really you know vulnerable. Yeah, look, I, I think – Everybody knows that he's a one-read quarterback. I mean, it's just what he's been. But, like, I don't he's, know what that not... means. You know what I mean? Like, well, I know what it means. His, yeah, I mean, if his first read isn't there, he's either tucking it and running or the pay, the play blows up. Now, so, so I totally get that, but scheme... we don't know his first read. Though. See, this is my thing. Is like I think it's probably that he's – they don't ask him to do a lot. He's not used to doing a lot. He, they don't. The development isn't there yet. I don't know if he's always going to be this first record. Like they, like I don't know. I, I guess I just have hard. Well, I time. guess it's just if you're a defense and you can scheme against a, a guy who is not able to work through progressions or when a pocket gets muddied, you know, and you know he's just going to tuck it and run. It's easier to scheme against. Now, what the point you make is 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 solid though, and that is you got to pretty bright head coach that is still able to overcome those limitations. So that's that's kind of what you're betting on, right? Is that, you know, even though Trubisky's been limited and he's he's been good enough, even though he hasn't been great, he's been good. When you have a defense that's that good, look, Rex Grossman went to a Super Bowl with a dominant defense, right? Sure because the Bears' defense was that good. Trent Dilfer went with a dominant defense because the defense was that good. Um, and, and I guess you're asking, okay, so what Why didn't so Rex have a TV career after? You know, yeah, that's the real exactly. question. My guess is because people hated him too much because <laughs> that that team was so good, which is it's, it's a shame. It's not his fault. Right? right. I mean, you know, whatever you get drafted in the first round, you go out in your anyway. What I'm saying is, <laughs> do you believe in the Bears? Bears defense, Bears defense plus limited offense with a good play caller or Super Bowl MVP quarterback who has found some magic, who has rekindled the magic that overcame. I love that you a, believe in magic. Yes, but it's just like it I was like a five hundred like yard passing performance from Tom Brady, and this guy was able to overcome it. I mean, that's crazy that 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 the Patriots had five hundred yards of offense, and a backup was able to outduel arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of the game, and then with a season that is lost. There's no chance the Eagles are making the playoffs after they lose to the Cowboys, right? Boom. This guy comes in and is just freaking Absolutely. nails. And Absolutely. I, 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 it, it's not – look, it's not something that's you, – you can't quantify it, which is why it makes it tough for the model, right? <laughs> but look, so I love, to me, this I is like a gut like game. That, right? I love stuff like – look, when you, ask, when you ask friend of the podcast, Jug Peterson, when you ask him, like, what's going on, and, and when you talk to people there, it's like there's less chirping, right? They're not – sitting there being like, get me the ball. I need, you know, I need to throw. And Nick Foles kind of doesn't, like, that's not his personality, whereas, like, Carson Wentz wants to make people happy. So it's it's a little bit, that's kind of something that we can't quantify and whatever, but it's a good note, right? Like, they're more, they're being less, like, throw me the ball, I'm open, blah, blah, blah. Like, none of that, like, yelling, that bad energy or whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, it's like, you know, they're working together as a team a little bit more and functioning as a more cohesive unit, which is, is pretty interesting. Because remember, in those first few games this season, Nick Fold didn't look like this, right? No, so, no, so it's he did just not. Totally he struggled different. against the the Falcons for sure, even though they won that game. But the further I mean, from Christmas we get, the worse he gets. That's what see, it is, he's, right? He has had of his <laughs> five games, right? Of, or has he played six, five? I think of his five games, he has completed over seventy percent of his passes in four of them. You know, I mean, and that's like you like we're talking about Trubisky, right? Just you can't go broke taking a profit. 
Right. If you can dink and dunk your way down that field on that Bears defense, you can get so some RPOs and you can push it downfield and get that big play you need. And I guess it's kind of a similar thing to Lamar Jackson, right? Force the Bears to have to use Mitch Trubisky is what the Eagles have to do. For, force them to not just be able to navigate his limitations, but right. actually have to use him to win a game. And so who are you and taking? Do it. The birds. Do it. I like I it. I am. I'm take- I think this is a week where all – I think three of the four wildcard teams are going to win. I don't know which Whoa, three. Okay. I don't know which three, but I okay. think three well, of the Okay. Well, the Chargers are, are one. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I would like, you know, I mean, it's hard to pick the Chargers right after they lost 22 to 10 and their offense was completely shut down. I mean, they may be the one loss. I mean, I'm not going to obviously I'm not going to pick that game, but 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 I think I think this is a tough pull for the Bears. If I were them, I would have laid down against the Vikings. <laughs> that's that's honestly right? what I would have done. That that is that is a hundred percent the approach that I would have taken. I would want nothing to do with Nick Foles and what this Eagles team is doing right now. Well, there you go. But you disagree. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> and look, it's not. It, it, it makes there's look, nothing wrong with picking be fair. that defense, right? That creates turnovers and capitalizes off turnovers. There's nothing wrong with saying, "Look, I believe in that defense. It's that good." I mean, it is a look, dominant. Game. If I have to tell you from my gut, like I, I don't pick from my gut. I pick from the model, right? So this is what the model says. So this is my. This is a lot of hard work. So like, obviously, that that's how I got to do it. But I'm I'm kind of with you in the sense of like, I do think that they thrive with that underdog. They work together as a unit better. Their O-line is great, by the way, and they don't get enough shine. But ultimately, when it comes down to me for this one, it's like I think it's going to be a close game. I would think more of like a close Bears, like maybe like a three-point Bears win. That's kind of how I feel. It's like I would be less like my like gut surprise if it was like 17-14 Bears. You know what I mean? Like I don't like I was surprised at how high the number was. I was surprised at the confidence in the height of the number, and I was surprised at six points. So, but again, I this is what we this is what we got. Right. Defensive pressures right. mean to make a huge difference. So yeah, in this hard. one, that's a big deal. The one thing that sticks out to me is the the, the 49ers game. I think because I was I was all right with the Bears. I was like, look, every time I've tried to doubt them, they've they've shown you know Rams. They were able to dictate terms and made Jared Goff look like 2016 Jared Goff uh, against the Packers when I thought they were going to fold against Aaron Rodgers. What do they do? They dominated that game, um, created turnovers. But the Niners game, I was like, oh, boy, this is a game they have to win Mm -hmm. to keep their hopes. And and it was shaky, you know, and that's where – but then then they come back and they knock out a Vikings team that had to win to make the postseason. That was a dominant game, too. It was was dominant. It was a boring game from the standpoint of, like, like there was no drama at the end with a last-minute win, right? It was like they came out strong, the middle they were strong, and in the end, also strong. So, I mean, yeah. it was not if you're a Bears fan, but if you're you know, coding fan, I, just, I was like, oh, let's make it different. Like the coding's drama. much more important. I love a big Co- drama person, you know? Coding as well. Um, <laughs> enough of my freaking ramblings. I will. Uh, we, we differ. We take the uh, – and I, I assume I'll differ on the first one from you as well. So there we go. The, Perfect. Uh, I take the two dogs. Now you like the dogs. Mm-hmm. Cowboys by two mm-hmm. and a half over the Seahawks, and you like? So I like the Cowboys to win, but I don't like it to be by as big of a, an amount. So Cowboys win in 54.7% of the simulations, and the score I have is 23-21. So look, 
stay for me it's stay away from the the total just worry about the Cowboys winning that's more certain because that three-point win is 51.3 percent of the simulations which is not very high so that's slightly over that 41 and a half number that's only 53.9 percent of the simulations so my point is it's gonna be a close game and there's and potential for over but not a huge one okay so what is it that stands out so what this game comes down to the whole thing is all about running Right, like which team is going to be able to stop the other one's dominant right. run situation? Right, so obviously the Seahawks entered the game with the league's number one running rushing offense. There are Seahawks, yeah, Seahawks enter with the league's number one rushing offense. And there's some fun stat that our research department found. It's like 30 of 36 number one rushing offenses made it to at least the divisional round, which I think is a fun stat to tell your friends. But it is. It, I like that one. Right, but they didn't necessarily have to play the Cowboys and Leighton Vander Esch <laughs> and um, their defensive front and with their O line. So the Seahawks O line has been it's kind of been masked at how bad it is and they're they're very porous right so Russell Wilson's magic and their run game their scheme for their run game has also been magical for them so both of those things are really good those big plays are really key they have 77 rushes of 10 plus that's how they've been doing it and then 47 passes of 20 plus so big plays 10 plus rushes 20 plus passes you add them together number three in big plays in the NFL the problem is is with a guy like Vander Esch who didn't play in their week one or three week three matchup so their first matchup a long time ago with him and the way Jalen Smith have been operating together the opportunity to run on them is not going to be as great which will also lead to less favorable passing situations which means the opportunity for big plays is going to be diminished for Russell Wilson I'm not saying Russell Wilson is in magic he has 15 rushes of 10 plus a Alone. So 77 or of their 77, 15 belong to Russell Wilson, but running on the Cowboys is not the same as running on the 49ers or running on the Rams, right? No, that's a great point because if you go through their opponents, they didn't really face a stout run D. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could maybe say the Vikings to some degree that they dominated. They dominated time of possession. They won that game 21 to seven. Uh, Chris Carson. And this is a thing. I think the hard, it's hard to project because. The week that they beat the the Cowboys, I know that Van Der Esch and, and you know wasn't playing, and, and Jalen Smith, Smith wasn't, wasn't looking quite, like he's gotten exactly. to. But also, I don't think they had yet to find their identity. Like they did not, you know, in week three, they were not the we're going to run the ball sixty five percent of the times between the tackle because our O line is bad at pass blocking, <laughs> but they're pretty darn good at run blocking. Yep. So let's lean on that and make it a strength instead of a weakness. They didn't quite find that until about week five. Right. So I think it's kind of hard to figure out. And which you know, running they, back they are you preparing for? They may have completely dominated. What's right? that? Which running back are you, are you preparing for it too, right? Like some blend of all three? <laughs> right. And so. that's that's the one thing. Remember, that's what the Eagles did last year. Mm-hmm. They were able to, and, and you're talking about a trio of backs that is much more talented than the trio the Eagles had last year with Smallwood, uh, Clement, and, and Ajay. When you have Carson, uh, actually, actually, you know what? I shouldn't say that. But the, the thing about the Seahawks, I think, and their trio of runners in, in Carson and Penny is they're just they're so committed to it. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's what's so intriguing to me about it is they'll go five carries in a row for two yards, two yards, and they'll just keep going. And before you know it, they're busting one for 15, 20 yards. And it's it's just like watching football and, and you know, when they had Marshawn Lynch. And it's like, whatever, man. We're going <laughs> to stuff it in his gut. And I know you stopped in the previous two times, but here he goes for 12 yards. And that's what it's reminiscent of. And it's, it's so deflating. That's what's tough about playing them is – you're like, okay, we got them. You know, it's third and eight. Oh, they just ran off right tackle for 12 yards, SOB. You know, now we're screwed. Well, you know, the other team that kind of does that too, right? Right. 
That's what <laughs> styles make the fight, right? And here we are. So the thing that everybody talks about is how bad Seattle's run defense is. And you're right. In the beginning of the season, if you were to look at their yards per rush and their yards per rush on first down specifically, in weeks in their first 11 games, they averaged 5.5 yards per rush on first and second down. So that was the worst in the NFL. But over their past five games, they've gotten that down to zero. Now, one of those games was Kansas City, too. There were some ones like they played the, the Niners twice. They played, you know, they, they it wasn't and they played the Cardinals in one of them. So it wasn't the, the craziest rushing offenses possible. But the run defense is getting better at the right time. They've allowed no touchdowns in their last five games, no rushing touchdowns in their last five games. And what's happened is, is being a little bit better on the uh, on first and second down, so they're down to only four yards per rush allowed on first and second down. This actually helped their pressures go up. So Seattle now has the most quarterback hits in the NFL. They're the third most on third down in the past five games, 25 quarterback hits and 51 overall in their past five games. So what's happened is, is they have been able to get pressure for. So if they're going to be able to keep that – keep that run be good like stop Zeke and really limit his effectiveness and then get some pressure to Dak that would be the formula for Seattle winning this game but my model especially with Tyron Smith playing presumably and we've got Zach Martin back again presumably just based on the latest injury report that just changes the whole ability to like really gain those you know those first downs because remember Zeke has the most yards after contact in the league I think it's like 950 per PFF. And then Bobby Wagner, who's going to be on the other side, Bobby Wagner, he has, I think, one missed tackle per PFF, which is, you know, pretty darn good, only missing one tackle on the year. And by the way, KJ Wright's back in this one. So it's going to be, it's chess match between the two. Like, whose run game's going to work? Right. And if you had to pick one, what would you rather have? That O-line and Zeke or the other O-line and Chris Carson? I mean, obviously, <laughs> you'd rather have the Cowboys, I'd rather, right? Can I put Russell Wilson and ever like, on the that, can I put Russell right. Wilson on the Cowboys because then then I'm good. How about that? And see, that's that's <laughs> what you just kind of that that's the point that you just brought me to, which is it's not that simple because Russell Wilson's back there, and you just mentioned how much. De- I mean, Russell Wilson threw 35 touchdown passes. That's crazy. The guy he had, he didn't he attempted like 400 throws. I mean, he had like 400 attempts. And 47 of 35 them. 35 right. of his 400 TDs. throws, 47 were for more than 20 yards. That's That's what's also crazy insane. about it. Yeah, no, he's you really know, special. So but at some point, if you have their at the Cowboys, if you have DeMarcus Lawrence, if you have that that front and you're and you're so you're putting him in obvious passing situations, at some point it's going to be just too much. Like as elite as Russell Wilson is, there's just a point where a really dominant defensive front and no ability, like if they limit their ability to rush, if they live, limit their rushing efficiency and he's in obvious passing situations, that's going to be hard even for someone as elite as Russell Wilson, who, by the way, not only is his like performance elite, his staying on the field is elite. Like his, I mean, lack of injuries. Like the, Russell Wilson actually like, Oh, he's really, like Floyd Mayweather Jr. The guy never takes a square hit. He's never. It's crazy. He's really impressed. Like I, I liked him before. I always thought he was one of the top, top quarterbacks of so this season, especially like with all these kids on his team. And I say that because I think they're the second youngest team in the whole league. That these kids on the team, like he's figured it out. Like I, you know, I think he's sometimes I think he's cheesy, but that's beside the oh, point. Sure. This year, I've I've really started to like be, wow. Damn, I think he's this, good. this is this is how I'll put it to you, right? Going back to my, I think all four wild card teams could win, or three of the four, or all four. I don't know. If if it's a tight game, like to me to me the Cowboys got to they they have to build a lead. Like if you if the model says that this is like a twenty four twenty two game, 
You know what I mean? Like, then I'm going Russell Wilson. If if you think that Zeke can take this game over and that defensive line can assert their dominance and can start pushing on them and, and dominating time of possession and scoring touchdowns and not field goals, then I'm all right with the Cowboys. But when the model spits out, hey, it's a tight one and it's 24-23 or whatever, then I'm leaning on Wilson. I'm, I'm not leaning on Dak, and that's fair. Maybe that's not fair, but I'm not leaning on that guy to win a game like that. I mean, that. I did watch Dak throw four touchdown passes last yeah. week. So. Against a Giants team that was – you know, headed in week 17, Odell Beckham wants to be traded. Is Eli Manning coming back? I, You know you know what I mean? It's just – Right, but but sometimes chaos like that is, like, almost harder, right? Because then you don't know what yeah. to expect at all. They're not like – No, he – look, and, and Dak has, not, has had, like, what, three, maybe four really – he's had, like, two really bad games and two pretty bad games. And for the other 12, he's been great. Like, he's been solid. For all of the incoming he took, whatever, when they wanted to fire Jason Garrett, and it looked like the Cowboys were on the cusp of another lost season. Year. It's like Every year. Right. It's like he's been really good. If you look through his game log, I'm going to pull up his game logs right here. Let's see. He's got – there's 154, 166, and a 64. Yeah. Every other game, he's had a pass rating in the 90s or 100s. Right. He's been – you know, so, so he's just unfairly taking criticism when he's been solid. I mean, it's the Cowboys. They always do that, right? There's a few things you can count on yeah. every year. You can count on Sean Lee getting hurt. You can count on we're <laughs> potentially a, talking about Jason Garrett so getting fired. We can. I mean, you can count on Jason Garrett potentially getting fired at some point during the season, and then like it, all in the end, it's like, oh, we love everybody. We're cool. Yeah, we won. <laughs> we won the division. We get a home game. Right. But if they lose in the first round, guess what? They all stink, and everyone deserves to be fired. Right. That's what it'll be. <laughs> so that's much more fun. I'll take Seattle. Perfect. All right. This is the one we call the stray dog. Mm-hmm. Colts at Texans, Texans by two, and you have? The Colts, of course. Of course. <laughs> I have the Colts winning of in 53.5% of the simulations. It is a close one, 24-23. So you, it's three points different from other people, uh, sure. and that happens 59.6% of the simulations. And it's a lower-scoring game slightly than most people think, 51.2% of the time. I'm with you. I, You're with I like me? the Colts last week. I have liked the Colts. You know, through this whole dominating run that they've been on, I just I believe that highly in that in those two lines, the offensive and defensive lines, specifically Andrew Luck and the level that he's playing at. Um, I just, you know, the problem with the Texans, that offensive line is so leaky, and I think that's it's just it's it's a it's a bad matchup for them. It just is. You know, some of these matchups don't bode well for one opponent over the other. I think it's a tough matchup for the Chargers and the Ravens. I think it's a tough matchup for the Texans and the Colts. I just think these two teams this is probably the they most definitely did not want to see the Colts. They that that I don't is know not the did. wild card team they were looking for. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, here's here's the thing because both the, when you look at the Texans, you look to see the the thing that stands out is that on first down, they stopped the run 2.2 yards per rush allowed in their past 5 games. 2.6 yards per rush allowed on any down over their past 5 games. That's awesome. That usually sets you up for a lot of success. But in this one, here's something where the matchup is like really in favor of the Colts, right? Well, if you look to see how many yards per play they give up on first down, well, the Texans defense gives up 6.6 yards per play on first down. So if it's 2.2 to the run, what that's telling me is that you can pass on them on first down. And you know who's really good at play action on first down? Who? Like, excellent. Who? This guy from Stanford. He's a, Never heard of him. An interesting beard. 
he's an interesting beard yeah he he's pretty smart so that that's kind of that one to me was like well that's how you get past that's how you stay away from jj watch davian Clowney, whitney merciless and that's how you get past them and and really really work your o-line to your advantage because they have a great o-line ryan kelly their center says he's back that seems good They've got the league's best third down percentage. It's 48.6%, which is great. So in this one, it's those look for play action on first down to be a real game changer for luck in the Colts. I, Ponies. Yeah, I, this, it's tough, right? Because we say, oh, look how great the, the Colts have been lately. Okay, well, all the Texans have done is after an 0-3 start, you know, gone. Oh, what, look. Uh, the, 11, and, 11 and 2. I'm taking like nothing away from them, but here's the problem. So now you have, other than DeAndre Hopkins, Yes, you have Kiki QT, which is fun for fantasy, but their wide receiving core has no depth. Kiki QT and then like three other guys that are they're very new or, or journeyman who doesn't have a ton of snaps. Like this is not a great situation. Their tight end situation is not great. They've asked Lamar Miller to do a lot for them. Lamar Miller, who does he have to face in this one? Oh, number 53, our favorite player, Darius Leonard. Maybe like I'm, I'm going to see how to get him on the pod. We're going to get him on the pod. Um, so – but the point is, is like it just doesn't match up like the ways that they've been winning. And yeah, Deshaun Watson's special, but Deshaun Watson under pressure, which this O-line can bring, is not good news. And even if you have DeAndre Hopkins, who I would argue is probably the best, you think it's Keenan Allen, I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins for his ability to create. Maybe it's not p- specifically route running, but I think his route running is pretty great. But his his ability to adjust and create when the ball isn't necessarily thrown exactly where he anticipated it, that's special. So not, taking nothing away from from those two, just who else? Who else is going to help? Who else? Yeah, who else is yeah. going to help them, right? And that's – I think for me, I just look at like, – again, I've, I've focused on quarterbacks, right, this whole time. Russell yep. Wilson versus Dak. You know, Phil, you know, the defense against Lamar Jackson and what they were able to do against him. Yep. Um, and, and for this one, look at the two games. I just pulled them up. Look at the two games between uh, the Texans and the Colts. Andrew Luck, his combined numbers, 67 for 103 passing for six touchdowns and one pick. I mean, that, that's what he's done against this top five defense Only? that knows him. Yeah, that knows Only him that, okay, that well, it. right? There, it's a divisional opponent. They know him well. Six touchdowns, one pick. He has thrown a – he's averaging 50 passes per game. And they should have won that first game had they not gone for it on that fourth down on their own side that ended up giving the game away to the That's the, Bill's the favorite Texans. play of the season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that that's that's where I – I mean, I just – it seems like Luck is able to navigate the obstacles that this defense presents. Uh, both teams are playing great. I just – I mean, what do they always say in the playoffs, right? The, the games are won on your lines. And – in the that trenches, o- that offensive defense line, travels. Yeah. De- hey, defense is <laughs> the defense is fine for the I'm Texans. Just the problem just... is the offensive line is. But they don't terrible. have to try. They they're not traveling though. They're not traveling. So that's what I'm. That's that's yeah. a problem. But that offensive line is terrible, and uh, it's it's been it's been bad all year, and it's I just don't see how you can. I, I don't see how home field is somehow going to make up for, for what's been a, a super leaky offensive line that's gotten Deshaun Watson have the crap kicked out of him all season long. Yeah, that's not good. No. All right, so not. we agree on the Colts. You're agree taking the, the Chargers. I'm taking the Ravens. You're I'm, taking the, the Seahawks, Seahawks. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm and, taking the Eagles. And I'm taking the Bears. Fantastic. Yeah. We only agree on one. 
I love it. That's right. Sweet. All right. And you mentioned you have articles going, your strength and area of concern yeah. for each team. Yep. Um, and you also have confidence picks. Do you want to do that? Okay. Yeah. We're going to do, do it. some? Yeah. You know what? Before you do that here, this is for Shoppy. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> All right. One Captain Andrew Luck tweet. <laughs> okay. Dear mother. <laughs> Our celebration festivities were mighty but brief. We begin our march to Houston to thrice battle the Texans. Each unit has a victory over the other. We shall drill among bulls to better understand their tactics. I am equal parts confident and anxious. Andrew. There we go. <laughs> Whoever runs that account, well It's done. the best. It's my favorite well Twitter account. Well done. It is, it is my favorite. There was actually one that... Uh, that was my favorite of uh let me see let me see let me see here we go um no that's not it see now i'm just <laughs> meandering uh, there it is here it oh is. wait no no no. here it is so remember they uh remember they shut out the cowboys right 23 mm-hmm. nothing i yep. think is the score this is my favorite one of the year dearest mother my hand trembles with excitement as i write to tell you the unit was victorious over the posse of cowboys in fact, we walked away completely unscathed. Truly magnificent. There remains a chance our campaign lengthens. A marvelous thought. I love you, Andrew. <laughs> That's the best one of the year. <laughs> we walked away completely unscathed. I like the, I love you, Andrew. I love you, Andrew. All right, confidence picks. Your two, your two, uh, your two confidence picks. And you say that these are the ones that project with the highest percentage of happening, right? Yep. That's how you come up with it. Okay, yep. so what do we got? Uh, the Colts with the with the the help with the points. Sure. <laughs> Perfect. Works. <laughs> More. I think if you just take the Colts, you're fine, right? Because <laughs> Correct. they're, they're Correct. my favorite, so you're good. <laughs> Had a little bit of a Ron Burgundy moment there. <laughs> Anyways. Stay classy. <laughs> Um, then there's going to be more points than you expect in Bears and Eagles if you expect 41. All right. So expect more than that. Works for me. (laughs) Great. Well, now it is time for our game theory and money Super Bowl probabilities. What we've done is each team's probability of not just making the Super Bowl, but winning it as well. So Bill Smith is with us, our NFL researcher extraordinaire. But quickly, how about we hit the rewind button because we got a little clip from our game theory and money Week one podcast, and I think one of the three of us is going to feel really good about this. I can't speak for Bill. He wasn't on the record like some of us were, about what their preseason, before any games had been played, (laughs) projection for which two teams would do battle in the Super Bowl. Now that we've reached the playoffs, this is what somebody had to say about what two teams would be in Atlanta before week one was even played. And your Super Bowl? Are you ready for it? Kansas City and the Saints. Yep, you heard me. Kansas That's City. That's just crazy. Nope. That's just crazy. <laughs> nope. That's it's crazy. not crazy. All that right, so crazy. here's here's the kind of very quick that is version. Crazy. That Kansas City Bring. defense you think can take them to a uh-huh. – uh, that's crazy, uh-huh. Cynthia. It's boomer bust. Look, this means Patrick Mahomes could just light it up. We could see the most electric offense. Look at those weapons. How about that? How about my reaction, by the way? That's crazy. It was the perfect reaction for it how it plays out 17 weeks later. Could well, not have yeah, had a perfect it, reaction. Like we right. couldn't script it better right now if we no. try if we tried to like sneak it past the goalie. No, it would sound could, fake. Exactly. And 
in my defense, the defense is terrible, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the, the offense is that good. It's that electric that it just does not. Pat Mahomes is throwing 50 touchdowns, and I guess the one thing uh, is that the defense is good enough where you've got D. Ford and Chris Jones just red Justin Houston wrecking shop enough where they can create negative plays against yeah. the offense when they need to. Nine sacks is the lowest number for the yeah. three of those. Everyone has Which at is, least nine. And, and by the way, that's what makes how extraordinarily terrible their secondary is. That you have that much pressure from your front and you still are that bad in the secondary is remarkable. Um, but certainly it's uh, – you saw it before anybody else did, that's for sure, because I thought – maybe see, this is where – anyway, I'm not going to continue to make excuses for myself. <laughs> Just watching Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech, I'm like, there's no way. That guy has no footwork. He runs around like he's, he's – like his hair's on fire and just throws the ball all over the place. That doesn't work in the NFL. Yeah, it turns out it does. <laughs> it works just fine. Turns so out, well done. Turns out both Cynthia. those teams are the number one seed. Yeah, number one seeds, and uh, I'm guessing when we get to your uh, percentages, they're going to be the highest percentage team to make the Super Bowl, as your model had them prior to week one. So let's start on the NFC side first uh, and get to your Super Bowl to make the Super to Bowl make, So win the NFC. To win the NFC, we have okay. what? Saints, they're 32.2. Then the Rams, 24.3. And then followed by the Bears, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and then the Eagles. So the Bears have 15, and then the Eagles go down to 6.5. So I mean, it's right in order. It's it's one yep. through six. Yep. You have it just kind of logged in 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 the way that it uh, is seated right now. And I guess that makes sense since the records. Well, the it's wins, always going to be. It's always anyone who only has to play two games is going to have a much higher sure. percentage, no matter what, right? Just that's that's the way it's always going to go. So you know, so you're going to see the same thing on the AFC side of the ball. The other thing that's interesting for this one is like the defenses really are like the Bears defense really drives that number, that 15 percent number, which is the highest for any non one or two seed. So that, that 15%, that, I, I thought that was pretty high. I was looking last season to see kind of what were some comparable uh, situations and no one was that high. So I have to go back a few years, but I was interested to see about the Bears. It was cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I guess in, you know, kind of going back to what we discussed on the podcast in terms of the wild card matchup, I just, and maybe I just value experience more than, than others. You know, I look at that, that the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles team against a Mitch Trubisky led Bears offense that has been so hot and cold all season. And, and I feel like the Eagles have a much better chance to beat the Bears and the Seahawks to do the same with a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Russell Wilson against the Cowboys than maybe the model suggests and I'm guessing those are things that you really can't quantify like oh hey I, um, I I want the guy that's won a Super Bowl taking snaps not the guy who hasn't and has been kind of shaky this year well the I mean in the model's defense it does take into I mean like in the case of Drew Brees it and it does and Tom Brady on the other side it does take into account you know situational snaps of high pressure situations so look right. the difference in the the difference for the playoff model is that all 60 minutes matter. There's no strategic reason not to maximize your production for all 60 minutes. Like, you know, up the past few weeks we've had sit or keep going with reps. And then weeks before that we've had injuries or not. Like, should I rest him? Should I not? We're already in the one seat. Should we, are they 100%? Like, all these different kind of interesting situations. So you're going to put my best 22 and your best 22 and we're going. You know what I mean? So sure. that's, the, that's the good difference there. So a, an experienced quarterback with more, you know, there's just more certainty around their outcomes like Drew Brees' outcome and, and uh, you know, Philip Rivers has more situational experience because he has played longer. So you do have longevity yeah, the, in it. The one thing that really jumps out to me 
um, is just the, the sizable gap between the Bears and the Eagles. I think of all those numbers, that's the one. The fact that you're talking about nearly 9% separation mm-hmm. between those two teams. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys and Eagles is a little bit more tight. I'm sorry, the Cowboys and the uh, the Seahawks is a little yep. bit tighter. It's like but 4% that, between them. That gap between the Bears and the Eagles, just that that's the one number that jumps out at me. I mean, um, that, yeah, that it's you're that right. much higher for the Bears. You're right. And I ran it, I was just curious, like, what would it be if it was like the Cowboys traveling to the Bears or whatever? And, you know, the Bears have a strong like that home game in Soldier Field in at night when it's cold. Like that's an advantage for them. Sure. Less of an advantage and, against the Eagles, who also play in the cold. But it would have been a bigger advantage if it were the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I so think. You know. um, I think playoffs. I mean, weather's tough in the playoffs, right? Uh, it's um, certainly it matters to the Saints. I think it matters to the Rams um, for certain. I mean, we saw how Jared Goff looked, and I don't know how much. Well, of the that Cowboys was due play to the indoors, weather. right? So exactly. But I mean, I don't know how much of that was due to the weather for for Goff when he went to Chicago for that Sunday night, and how much of it was he was just getting hammered it's really hard to scared. play when it's when you're horizontal and it's cold exactly um, <laughs> in that all right order. so what about what about to win the super bowl so that's to win the nfc now let's shift to the nfc teams and winning the super bowl saints 17 percent, so 16.9 then rams 13 1 bears 8.9 cowboys 5.7 seahawks 2.8 and eagles 2.1 All right, Bill, I've done enough talking. What do you got on this? So for me, the most interesting point here is with the Bears. A lot of times, if you think about it, once you get to the Super Bowl, your percentage to win the Super Bowl should be roughly half. Mm -hmm. Say it's a 50-50 game. But the Bears, it's right at about 60% of what their number is to win or to make the Super Bowl is to win the Super Bowl. They're at 8.9% to win it and 15% to make it. So they project, according to the model, as a dangerous team if they get to that final game. When you match them up against their potential counterparts, so in this case, we haven't done the AFC side yet, but you can imagine the Chiefs are high, the Pats are high. When you match them up against them, they have more favorable matchups against a team like the Chiefs or against a team a team actually even like the Patriots because the Patriots allow a lot of rushing yards. So it's the more favorable attributes that match up there. And the fact, look, defenses that have really good fronts Really good linebackers and a really good secondary that causes that causes that's turnovers. <laughs> that's that's a huge driver. Like remember when the Ravens made the Super Bowl and they were they were the six or five seed, whatever. Like they were the five seed, the five seed with Joe Flacco. It's kind, there's there's some similarities there, right? Like this defense really anchors someone's ability to to really perform. And short passes that are high percentage, those high percentage passes that basically act like a run game. That is a big that's a big difference maker too. So even if it's kind of like so it's like if you take the Patriots offense remember like Tom Brady was throwing like millions of passes for like three yards each right so it kind of the doppelganger looks like if you look for matches historically their offense kind of resembles a little bit more like that but a little bit more Andy Reid flair to it and then their defense kind of resembles more like the Ravens with takeaways yeah for me when you look at the 12 playoff teams the Bears are one of two defenses that are elite where there where are there a lot of offenses who are elite. So if one of those two elite defenses can get there, they have it seems like they have a better chance than one of the many elite offenses. Yeah, I think the that's such a tough one for me to reconcile though because it's like when I just think of, you know, the Super Bowl last year and and again going back to Cynthia's preseason projection about the Chiefs, right? It just seems like it is such an off that if you don't have offense, like enough offense, like look at the let's talk, I mean, I know we'll get to the Ravens. Um, 
in a second, but just speaking in generality, not generalities, but specifics about the Ravens and their season, like almost every one of their games, teams have not performed. Well. Baker Mayfield threw, what, three interceptions, and yet he's mm-hmm. driving to win the game in the final three minutes. The, the Chargers had their worst offensive output, and they had a first and 10 from the Ravens, 39, down six. Like, to me, that's hard to sustain if you have to go up against an elite offense. I, I, if you don't have a capable offense – I think it's hard to trade punches with the Chiefs, with the Saints. Just, I just don't with think the they're Rams. not capable, right? Like I, the Bears' offense, it, it kind of gets like overly crapped on. <laughs> it's That's not. Put it. You know what I mean? Like it, a str- like strategic ability to earn first downs. It doesn't look pretty because you're not seeing like a dominant running back, and you're not seeing like a dominant like just nasty receiver take the let's take the top off of defenses, but. They're still earning first downs at an elite pace. Yeah, I think what your model's saying is it's enough. Right. You know, is that there, there in right. fact, is enough offense there to There's have a, balance, a dominant. Right? So it's like right. how much this and this. So. And Bears yeah. league think, in takeaways, so they can get that offense a short field. Maybe the offense the doesn't key. have to be explosive. Right. And that's that's a huge key. No question. No question about it. And I would have more faith in the Bears offense than I would the Ravens. That's for certain. Um, no. All right. So enough on the end. Is that it on the NFC? I'm yeah. Good. We're good. All right, let's go to the AFC. Uh, things to get win. more interesting. To, to win. win the AFC. Chiefs, 31-1. Pa- uh, Patriots, 25-5. Texans, 12-4. Ravens, 13-2. Okay. Catch that? Chargers, I nine, think that makes sense. Chargers, 9.3. Colts, 8.5. Um, I'm surprised the Colts isn't higher than the Chargers. Just because I know, having already discussed it with you, that the model says they think the Colts are going to that it, the model thinks the Colts are going to win. So that would lead me to believe that the Colts should have a higher percentage chance. Well, it's not a very of, convincing win. Let's right. So I, I know exactly. So I think that's just the one thing that that stood out to me is that the Colts are projected to beat the the Texans, yet the Ravens. Um, so that yet the Chargers still have a higher percentage to win the AFC. Right. So Colts bad matchups. I mean, look, the the Patriots, their secondary for the Colts cause is is uh, troubling. Um, you know, like it's just the matchups going forward after that, you. right? So yeah. there you go. The likely it's it's not them getting to the second round; it's them getting to the Super Bowl, right? Because it's winning the AFC. See my my little tiny pea. No, you're good. Cannot process. You're things. good. I can only think one step at a time, not multiple hey, steps. Hey, it ahead. should be it should be one step at a time. I mean, that'll totally change if if the if the Colts win this game as I project them to do, they will. That that number's going to go up that a lot. Certainly will. <laughs> Just it has certainly to. will because they will only have to play two games, <laughs> uh, and they will already win of one. Three. Right. And I will say, um, if in fact the Colts can win, and the Chargers end up upset if the Chargers can upset the Ravens and the Colts upset the Texans uh because remember in the NFC they reseed everything lowest always plays the top I think the way the Chargers match up with the Patriots speaking to how you think the Colts match up I think that's a actually a good matchup for the Chargers the uh the Patriots I'd be interested to see what the model would have if in fact they and, and I think that also bodes well for the Ravens too um the most important very, thing in this model the mo- you did not even point out we talked about it before the pod started. What I miss. That what means I miss. that the chances of you working in February, being on this pod, oh. appearing on this pod from Atlanta, nine point three percent. Nine point three percent. There it is. There it so, is. Right to there. Me, to me, the biggest thing that sticks out <laughs> in the you, AFC is the difference between the two twelve and four teams that tied for the best record in the AFC. Yeah, right. Just how big the difference between having home field advantage throughout and having to go on the road during the first weekend. Chiefs 31.1%, 
Chargers, 9.3%. The buy is huge. The buy is huge. So even if you just gave it to the team with the two best records, the Chiefs and the Chargers, and if you didn't give each division winner the first four seeds, the Chargers percentages would go up drastically. But the and fact that they don't win the division is such a bummer for them. Huge. Yeah, I mean, they have the tied for the best record in the conference, and they're going to have to win three road games. Good news for the Chargers. They're eight no when they have to climb on an airplane, <laughs> eight and zero. It's they, they have not lost great. a game that they have had because the London game is considered a home game. Uh, their road game Still against the Rams was mm-hmm. in the city of L.A. Um, so anytime they have had to climb on a plane, they have not lost. I mean, that's what's remarkable about that. Remarkable about that team. The home road splits are interesting for the charge at the new stadium because we don't really know it's your temporary stadium because it's it's just a little bit different. But it's a wonky you, stadium. It's a wonky stadium. So, but if you look at the Chiefs and the Patriots who play cold weather in outdoor stadiums, and then you look to see, okay, well, the Texans normally play inside. Uh, the Chargers play in a temperate climate, and then the Colts play inside. So that's an interesting note on the side too that isn't the case because the Saints and the Rams on the NFC both are either good climate or indoor. Yeah, and I think, you know, to me, and this is just from talking to those players because, you know, we had to do a Thursday-nighter. We, uh, we, The Chargers had to play a Thursday-nighter against the Chiefs. They yep. had to play a Sunday-nighter against the Steelers. And to a man, they were like, cold doesn't matter. They're like, that, that's, that, that, that does not matter at all. They're like, you know, you fall behind, hostile environment, primetime game, fever pitch crowd. Yeah, that can affect you. It can affect your, you know, your snap yeah, counts. Yeah, but it, it, can it doesn't get penalties. It, cold will matter when it's like. Remember when Tom Coughlin's face almost fell off that giant? Well, yeah, game when he looked like a chap. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember there's a, that. There's a little difference between like that kind of cold. So like, the, there's just Cer- no potential certainly. for that kind of cold in LA. There's no, you know, like no, there's a potential you know for that airhead I mean, and for and for New England, but there's not time that to potential. Kickoff in Baltimore, by the way, 52 degrees. Right, you know, fine. I mean, so it's it's. But it's, but again, there's still the potential. Kansas City in you know two weeks could be. I don't know. I don't have the. Certainly. You know, we don't know what's going to happen then. So the point no, is, is mid January in Kansas City could be cold as all get out. Ooh, I don't um, like any of that. But as like, they always like say, the everybody's got to play in it. <laughs> and none of these none of these places have had serious winters yet. So it's not like the Patriots or the Chiefs. Uh, or the Bears, well, I guess to some degree, the Bears had a cold November, but it's been a, I was just there for Christmas. It was 50 degrees on Christmas, so it's not like they're out there playing in 10-degree weather and practicing. I mean, they practice in a bubble anyway, so it's, um, I think the cold thing's, that's just my particular position. I think it is so overrated uh, because both teams got to play in it, and rarely are those teams out practicing in the middle of it to gain some sort of advantage. Yeah, I mean, look, there's some things that are true and some things are not. Wind is a big deal. If it gets too gusty, it, but it also, you're right, it affects both people. Both Just teams. something to keep an eye on. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we move to the winning the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. Yeah. What do we got? Chiefs, 16.2. So just to contextualize that, Saints are 16.9. Chiefs are 16.2. There you go. Patriots, 13.5. So Rams are 13.1. Patriots, 13.5. Texans, 5. Ravens, 6.9. Chargers, 4.5. Nine and then Colts four. Is it bad that I want the Colts? Like I just want that. To, I just want that Patriots game. I brother. won't be surprised. You know, <laughs> I mean, again, lines, offensive line, defensive line has been solid. Their offensive line's probably been the best uh, since they went on this run streak, uh, the, this win streak, I should say. And Andrew Luck is is, is certainly a Super Bowl uh, capable of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he's been one of the best quarterbacks this season. Um, so I, I got no problem with you wanting the Colts to make it I don't mean to. I, I don't know why. Their... I just want them to get to the Super Bowl. I want to, I want them. I just want them to beat the Patriots. I just want. I just want Josh McDaniel tears. Is that is that too much to ask? 
That would be nice. <laughs> it would be, uh, although I guess their path to New England, yeah, would work out that way, right? They would. Well, no, they would have to make the conference championship. That's right. Is, is well, yeah, I mean, get, so get to the Super Bowl. they got to knock off the Chiefs. And that's which, the hey, ultimate drama. That's the ultimate drama. I mean, Andy, I want the Chiefs uh, so that I'm right, but, you know, whatever. Andy Reid. What's Andy Reid's record like in the postseason, right? Andy Reid, great. But he has a bye. But he has a bye. He does have a bye. So I think that we're going to go with with Andy Reid coming off a bye. I gotcha. So now we got to weigh in the Andy with a bye, (laughs) which has the best record in the history of football with a bye as a coach versus (laughs) Coach Reid in the postseason. Exactly. Which is really bad. So it's, uh, (laughs) yes, balance those two things out. And you know what? I think think that's also something that comes into play for the Patriots, certainly. Uh, The fact that they end up getting that bye is huge for that team. Um, and, and also, much like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, someone who can really scheme the hack, scheme the heck out of things when given that extra week of, uh, of rest. So, Bill, Bill, got anything? I think one other thing to look forward is now that she has percentages to win the uh, each conference and then go to the Super Bowl, the likelihood of particular Super Bowl matchups. So if you take it through with her percentages to reach the Super Bowl and you pair those together, Saints and Chiefs, she has a 10% chance of being correct, according to her model, from beginning of the season. That is her most likely matchup. She's just got a ass-eating grin on her face right now. Well, yeah, like, like her, maybe so being happy. right. Being right is like my favorite thing. It's pretty great. <laughs> Pre- preseason, before week one, <laughs> model says you were right. So Although, you, shouldn't we credit the model? Yes. Should we credit Cynthia or should we credit the model? Listen, a lot of people think I have like a magic taking all of her shine? Listen, I, I, I think she has evolved past me, so I'm not sure who's programming who at this point. Like, so I put all the, the information in, but I, I don't know. She could be moving on her own. I don't even as know if it's just she. the model is getting the credit that she deserves. <laughs> all right? When you, go, when you go a little further down, Saints <laughs> Bill's Patriots. So uh, Bill's having none of this. <laughs> 8.2%. No, I'm done. Rams and Chiefs, 7.6%. Uh, Rams and Patriots, 6.2%. And one sort of fun note that we uncovered was since 1990, when the playoffs changed to the current format, we have not had two teams where both of them did not have a, have a bye make the Super Bowl. So we've had teams from the, that play on Wild Card Weekend make the Super Bowl, but we've never had two of them in the same season. So as you look forward for potential Super Bowl matchups, you maybe look for one of the teams that got Comes out of the one and two seed, and then the other team that's coming out of Comes the, out of the not one or, four, or two seed. Or a wild mm-hmm. card. Or, mm-hmm. So like you. we found some value. So for me, the value is Saints-Ravens, 4.2%. Three percent, Rams, Ravens, three point two percent, Bears, Chiefs, six point seven percent, and Bears, Patriots, three point eight percent. So those are some fun and I, values. And I saw a mean? pretty good nugget from our crack research staff. For all I know, this might have been Bill. It's probably Bill. This one. If it was good, it was um, Bill. But uh, it's on the the Ravens defense and having here it is. Teams with the number one total defense have made the postseason forty two times. In the, in the Super Bowl era. 23. That's 55% get to the conference championship game with the number one D. Over a quarter get to the Super Bowl. 29% get to the Super Bowl. And 24% of them win the Super Bowl. That's a huge chunk. So what you're saying I mean, is that it's really Seahawks-Ravens because the number one running rushing offense makes it 30 of 36 times, at least at the divisional, and then the defense. So there we go. It's, it, we, it's decided. Seahawks-Ravens. 
I mean, or, or if you're going to pick <laughs> one of those wild cards, right. if you set like if you say it more often than not, the the one to pick is the one that you have the highest number on, and mm-hmm. that's Saints Ravens. Four point three because of that dominant defense mm-hmm. and historically speaking, which is it's tough to do historical stats, right? Every one of those teams is different, but it does suggest that dominant defenses tend to do pretty darn well. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? Had enough of us, Bill? You done? <laughs> Never. All right. Fortville. Fortville has to deal Guess with me way too often. It's all going to change next week. Oh, totally. All That's why you got have more. All going to change next week, except for probably the Saints and the Chiefs. Those will still stay the same because, <laughs> well, they will uh, have not played. Patriots and what's the other one? Rams. Also going to say. Yes. Saints, Patriots, You think Rams. they'll stay the same? Yeah. Because, like, what if it's Bears-Rams? I mean, like, well, hey, it's not that they're going to stay the same, this, uh, but, they're gonna, but the order will stay the same. Even though I'm the guessing. Bears – dominated the Rams on that Sunday night football game. Just I mean, you, you know what? Uh, sure. I mean, it'll probably change a little bit, but I don't think it's yeah, going to, I think the order will be the same. That's my All guess. Right. Well, check back in next week. Yeah. That's why I got to come back right here. All right. So that'll do it for our wild card weekend game theory and money podcast. Remember you can always uh, suck back some YouTube video action too of the Super Bowl projections. If you want to see a giant head in a video screen that ought to be covered up and uh, mine, Cynthia stop and talking about me like that. That's so mean. Uh, talking about my super white I need to get better lighting in this room of mine uh, my white pasty face uh, in the month of January but remember you can uh, get through all of the Super Bowl matchups likelihood and percentages through the uh, the YouTube channel as well we'll be back again ne- we will be back again next week with divisional round projections again thank you so much for downloading listening Woo-hoo, streaming sharing Happy all of those things thanks to Bill Smith to Sean Shuppy. Uh, enemy of fun Mark Brady and uh, of course the engine that makes this car run Cynthia Freeland I'm Matt Money Smith we'll hope ingest ingest thank you for your help this is podcast exactly right wow that was very Star Trek of you to drop out the pulling back curtain and talking about ingest Um, we'll we'll do this again next week thank you everybody